good Wednesday morning, and today we'll be talking about a page that is on John Patrick's website at johnpatrick.ca, and this is under the reading menu on the top. If you click on the reading tab at the top of his website, scroll down, you are going to see a page called Biblical Literacy Quiz. And I'm going to have John talk about why he made that page, what the origin of it is, and how you can use it. I was sitting in church one Sunday, and the pastor misused a biblical quotation. Oh, that's interesting. I was a a little bored, so I had a bit of paper and a pencil, and I started writing down metaphors from the Bible that I thought people wouldn't recognize as from the Bible and would misuse. I'd recently heard a baseball commentator talk about this match being a battle between David and Goliath and seemed to think that Goliath was going to win. Um, Didn't really know the story, in other words. Had just heard that phrase and used it, and used it inappropriately. So what you've got on that page is a list of uh, pictures, really, metaphors, uh, or the skeleton of a metaphor from the Bible. It's the King James Version. The reason it's the King James Version is that we didn't have all these other versions till after the Second World War. So all the great literature is not pre-Second World, is not post-Second World War. It's pre-Second World War. So the writers before the Second World War who wrote good books, when they used a biblical metaphor, it would be the King James Version. Shakespeare had the the forerunner of the King James Version, obviously. Um, uh, God's secretary, the little book that's up there on the side, is a fascinating story of how the King James Version was put together. But Shakespeare has references to the King James Version all the way through, and if you miss them, you miss the point. Now, the first one on that list there, Standing Amid the Alien Corn, um, that occurs in a poem... Uh, I'm trying to think whether I can remember where it was. Yeah, I I think it's Keats, but it it doesn't matter who it is. Um, If that doesn't bring a story into your head, you can't understand what's going on. Because in those four or five words, the poet can trust that his educated readers get the whole story of Ruth. Ruth was a a widow in a foreign land, a refugee, and with her widowed mother-in-law, she goes back to Israel because they can't survive where they are. And she knows that in Israel, at least they make provision for the poor with the gleaning laws. They were not allowed to cut the corners of their fields by Torah. Uh, They had to leave it for the poor. So uh, Ruth would be able to go out at harvest time and pick up from the corners of the field enough wheat to get them to keep them alive so there she is picking up the corn in the corner of the field but the owner of the field is there um, he doesn't know it but he's going to marry Ruth who is related to her Boaz so in that those few words you have the whole story of Ruth And Boaz, of course, is a picture of Christ, the Redeemer. All in five words. And if you don't pick up that metaphor, all that is lost on you. It's just something, oh, this sort of boring literature that I have in high school. And nobody ever points out to you what it's all about. 
not surprising you they don't like Shakespeare if you if you don't pull out these things for them to to see and I mean the next one down is Eyeless in Gaza did did your friends get that one when you tried it I can't remember my wife has gotten the most she had a proper education yeah good for her well that's in three words the story of Samson there he's eyeless in Gaza because the prostitute cut off his hair, the source of his strength, so the Philistines captured him, they gouged out his eyes, and they kept him for amusement. And he's led into their main meeting hall, where they're going to make fun of him. And he asks the boy to take him to the central pillar. And he prays, Lord, his hair has grown again. And he says, Lord, give me back my strength. And he, he pulls the pillar down and kills himself and all the people that are there uh, killing more Philistines in his death than he'd killed in his life all that mm. in three words so Eilis in Gaza is the sort of thing you can just say to somebody things are looking really bad but you may be Eilis in Gaza what comes next may be the best thing in your life the most memorable <laughs> And all of them can do that. And uh, there are lots more. If you if you have some good ones, please send them to me. Uh, and uh, now I've got a guy who actually knows how to edit my website and things. I can just add them. They're, they're fun. Mm. They're, it's a great way to start Sunday school in September, adult Sunday school. Just photocopy it and give it out and you've got your first Sunday school and it will be fun also a bit of a shock and that's why you should have a copy of the King James Version as well not because it came down from heaven it didn't of course although some people behave as though it did but it is the basis of the English language it's fundamental you don't know the Bible you can't read English literature the reason the moderns who are not educated hate the old literature is that they can't read it they they can read the words but miss the meaning that's really sad yeah that is i'll just make some comments about it. i remember when i learned about this and uh i it's yeah we had some friends over i remember the first time i've done this a couple times where we'll have friends over we'll be chatting in the living room the conversation will go a certain direction i'll bring this up and then we'll go through it and it is very eye-opening for people especially uh somebody like me or others who just don't have much exposure to the King James version. And so it can just be really challenging. Um, and I've, I've never gotten a, uh, usually you get a, a, a little, at least for me, a, a little bit of a bewildered look as you go through this, um, because I think it is challenging people. And then they realize how much they don't know. And John gives no hints. So <laughs> it's hard to even figure out where to go when you don't know. And of course, if you look it up in a modern Bible, you get lost. So you need a King James concordance. But uh, yeah, the hardest one is I being in the way. I being in the way. That's the second to last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't tell that's us what it is. One. You can just leave it at that. No, 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 no. That spoils it. Because when you, when you do find out, it's, it's, it's more fun. The church I grew up in, uh, they would say that not infrequently. They knew their Bibles very well because uh, 
Uh, we didn't have pastor in the church I went to, but the Bible was read every Sunday morning. At least three or four different passages would be read from the congregation. So as a little boy at that stage where you have a mind like a steel trap, the great gift I had of growing up in an uneducated environment was that I learned the Bible by heart, so to speak, without even thinking about it. Vast passages of scripture are there and they can come back now. Uh, I have to go and look up where they're from, but I know the passage, you know. And that was a gift of that church and my mother who uh, taught Sunday school and uh, read the Bible to me every day before I went to school. So that's a, that's an education in its own right. Perfect. Thank you, John. Thank you guys again. Thanks for listening. This was definitely a quick, short one, but uh, maybe it gives you something to do on your next gathering or meal with some friends. Mm-hmm.